On this episode, we have a special podcast feature with Jeff Seckinger. He is a crypto expert, blockchain enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a CIO of Born Capital. Hey, what's good, y'all? It's C. Will, and this is the Passive Income Network. On this channel, we talk about creating assets that produce passive income. Make sure y'all hit that like button, subscribe, and tune in on Spotify, Apple, and all the streaming platforms. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Appreciate you having me here. Yes, what's good? Um, how's your day going? Going super well, just down here in Miami, uh, filming a lot of content today. Got a lot of exciting things on the the fun side of things. And I know we're going to jump into a lot of crypto stuff, but never been more excited for the industry and super pumped to be on the show. Nice. Excellent. So thanks for hopping on. So uh, let's set the scene. You're in Miami. Again, you're a crypto expert. We've seen that uh, you are a CIO, which is a chief investment officer, if I'm correct. Yeah. Correct. So can you can you break down your role of like kind of what is the CIO, who you are, and what's a CIO role at Boring Capital? Yeah, so we have uh, multiple different funds. Um, and what we do is like we look at when we're launching a new cryptocurrency fund, we say, okay, what is the objective of the fund? What, what do we actually want this fund to do as far as the level of risk and the amount of projected returns? And who is this actually fund going to service? So we have a client avatar in mind that we want to be able to, um, you know, attract as a limited partner, which is just an investor. That's what they're called because they're actually partnering in the fund, but they're limited to what they can actually do. They don't have discretion over what, you know, how you allocate or how you manage the capital. Um, so we're attracting a certain limited partner. And after we decide upon, OK, who is that person we're trying to attract? We create this fund and we uh, design certain objectives of the fund. And my job is after we decide collectively on the objectives of that fund is how do we actually allocate the assets to have the highest expected return that fits the thesis and the objectives of that fund. So I do the asset allocation. I do, we do a lot of, you know, market research and then we decide upon, okay, how much of the fund do we want to be actively managed? Do we want an income portion of the fund? What's the percentage of cash, uh, you know, with inside of the portfolio and, all the things that go goes into constructing uh, an investment portfolio is what I do. Okay, that's interesting. Now you got you got my mind running. Um, so <laughs> funds, I can't remember the name. Was it BlackRock or Grayscale, one of the digital asset managers? They have a fund right now that focuses on smart contract platforms. You know, Solana, Algorand, Cardano. Do y'all have funds that focus on particular like layer twos, um, things of that nature, or is it like across the board as you describe? Uh, different, you know, things that y'all got to meet. Yeah, we're not like a we're not like a trust where we say, hey, we find a sector within crypto and we want to just hold those assets and just implement a buy and hold strategy. All of the assets in our fund are being put to work in some way, shape, or form. Like uh, we do have longer term portions of our fund, uh, depending on you know which fund in in particular. We have a large cap fund which is pretty close to like investing into layer ones. I'll break it down for okay. you real quick. But, yep. um, you know, a part of that portfolio is longer term that we're not actively managing because we fund fundamentally believe in those projects and coins growing uh, exponentially into the future. So, um, but all those positions were either staking or earning interest on a centralized, you know, lending platform. So those are growing and accruing. Like on a or something of that nature? Uh, yeah, we... 
Yeah, we yeah, like Voyager, Nexo, Celsius, exactly. Okay. Um, and then we're also staking some of the assets. So those are that's all earning income on a daily, weekly basis that's compounding. And then the other portion of the fund, we do set up for active management. And some of our core funds, like our large cap fund, we do uh, actively manage Bitcoin against some of the top layer ones like Ethereum, BNB, Solana, Luna, uh, Harmony One, Phantom, all those projects. We will um, actively manage. And when I say actively manage, we're trading yeah, like FTM and Luna against Bitcoin. And we're actually denominating it in Bitcoin. So when Bitcoin rises in value, we can trade into the, the other layer one um, coins. And then once those rise in value, we trade back into Bitcoin. And there's a few different trading strategies we implement. Um, but yeah, that's that's like our that would be the closest thing um, to what you you were just speaking about about like yeah. you know the the layer one smart contract platforms. We really believe that that's the best um, asset class or best sector within crypto to have the highest expected return because you can look. They fundamentally have utility because the more yeah. transactions on the chain, the more that that coin is used for a gas fee. So if we can audit the blockchain and go to the block explorers and see how much. The transactions and wallets and nfts and total value locked and all how much that is growing we can then have an idea of how much the coin can be worth so that's we that is one of the fundamental things that we invest in is the, the top layer one blockchains and then actively managing um against bitcoin nice yeah nice nice breakdown it, it definitely makes sense yeah um like do you do you follow michael Saylor? you know who that is yeah of course he's yeah, a legend yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I always like Hope. to bring up. Com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Michael Saylor, goat. Um, so, yeah. just a little side question before we go in: Are are you a more of a a, a Bitcoin maxi or ETH maxi, or are you are you just kind of love crypto as a whole? No, I think as a as a prudent investor, there you need to be completely open minded to whatever can produce the highest expected return, which expected return factors and the risk also involved. Yep. So. I'm open to whatever is going to produce the highest expected return for our investors is what I'm interested in. And that just happens to be a combination of, of Bitcoin and yep. some of the other altcoins that we hold. I do love Bitcoin, but I also understand that, you know, that's primarily a store of value asset and it's starting to be used as a currency in El Salvador. We'll see how that catches on with the rest of the world. Um, but there's so much more, value and utility to blockchain technology that these nice. other altcoins can also offer. So I'm definitely not uh, a maxi on either end of the spectrum. Uh, I fit, you know, I think the truth, the truth, no matter what subject you're talking about, usually lies somewhere in the middle, uh, not, not to either side of the, of the spectrum on what you're, you're talking about. So I would say I lie more in the middle. Yep. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely like, I got a few different cryptos that I invest in. You know, I'm, I'm into stocks and all the uh, different asset classes as well. So I like to uh, definitely be diversified. Um, so remember, we was talking about passive income plays off camera. Can you, can you break down one of y'all passive income plays? I know you said like staking uh, Bitcoin or something on one of these like uh, centralized exchanges. Do you guys have the ability to use DeFi to make passive income with you guys' uh, fund over there at Boring Capital? Yeah, definitely. Um, we do multiple, multiple things. Um, you know, I do like mining and stuff on my own. Um, so we like, I mine primarily like Kadena and mine some Bitcoin. Um, with inside of the fund, we partake in 
So obviously the interest earning accounts where we're earning interest on them, that's a, a pretty standard thing that a lot of yep. people know. Um, also like staking some assets. One of the, the projects that we're very excited about that I've been building out a, a completely separate company to service our funds is we, I now own a blockchain uh, validator node running company that runs validator nodes for our fund. So we okay. run uh, validator nodes on this thing called uh, the Pocket Network, which I'm not sure if you have Pocket heard of. Pocket Network, no. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's more of an underground project. Typically has anywhere between 500 and a billion dollar market cap. So it's it's just outside of the top 100 uh, by market cap, and it's a super unique project that allows you to validate transactions on 15 of the top layer one blockchains. So when those blockchains get overwhelmed with transactions, it pretty much moves outside of the layer to the pocket network. The pocket network allows you to validate the transactions on those different chains. So like we validate on, on Harmony, Fuse, Ethereum, um, uh, Matic we just added on as well. Those are some of our top four. And we do that validation through the pocket network and we get paid in the pocket coin and the returns are um, really strong. It's very like you can't easily do it yourself. There's a lot of coding involved. Yeah, it sounds so like it's not it. like you literally just go to, you know, you don't go to the Atlas cloud and click three buttons and all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're staking a validator. This is a real validator node. Uh, and the cool thing is you can spin up these nodes and then based on whatever chain is having the most activity uh, as far as transactions, you can point your validator node at different blockchains and optimize based on which chains have the most activity. And um, that's something that we do heavily in one of our funds and it's a, it's a supporting service as well to produce income in our other funds as well. That sounds crazy. So yeah, yeah so yeah, y'all definitely dipping your feet in to all aspects of crypto. That's what that seems like. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then we do some like liquidity pools on DEXs and, um, but it, you got to be careful with what you're, what you're using, uh, um, just because of an impermanent loss. So, like, we look for coins that are highly correlated with each other, and then we believe in long term. And you can have a really high APY holding just crypto projects in different liquidity pools. Oh yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, man. Uh, so we looking. I'm looking at Miami behind you. Yeah. Um, Art Basel was there. There was always a, like a conference. Like, so do do you or I guess your company as well? Do y'all like go to these all these different events and you guys are kind of pushing your product or networking? Are are you being active basically in Miami other than in the office? Yeah, definitely. We we have some of our own events. We typically do like two smaller ones a quarter, and then we do two larger events each year. But there's so many events here; it's it's insane. The networking yeah. is really really big here. So yeah, we go to a lot of events, especially coming up. We've got the Bitcoin conference, we've got NFT Week, all that's coming in like the next month. And then there's all these little spinoff events that are leading up to those events, and then the dinners after. So like we work with a lot of obviously different cryptocurrency exchanges mm -hmm. and different you know service providers, and they all invite us to all those events because we've been doing business with them. And so, yeah, we stay pretty active. I just met with a mayor like three months ago. I was on his podcast. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And he's had a huge impact, obviously, on crypto and just Miami in general. Um, so, yeah, definitely stay very active. It's mostly it's not like we're 
pushing what we do. It's because our stuff is like a really relationship based. Yep. So we just go to, you know, build relationships and, uh, and then business just kind of naturally, you know, comes. So uh, Miami has been a, yeah, a really great place to be here. I, I just moved the company here about, uh, I guess it's almost, it's probably been about 16 months ago. And since oh, we nice. moved here, it's been, uh, yeah, just the where'd best. Where'd y'all move from? Uh, Southern California. Oh, nice. So, nice. Yeah. During San Diego? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I was in San Diego. <laughs> I, love San Diego. Then, I knew you'd be a yeah. San Diego person. Yeah, yeah. It's an uh, yeah, epic place, but it was just all the shutdowns. We couldn't go to dinner or go to the gym, and I'm like, yeah. it doesn't make sense anymore. So No, no, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, Miami uh, is definitely uh, one of the cities on my list for crypto uh, currency and all that. Um, it's definitely popping. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so... So you're from Southern California, and I, you know, a little bit on your bio, it seems like you bought Bitcoin or been experienced or first got versed with crypto in 2013. Mm-hmm. Can you can you talk about like your journey of uh, uh, getting into crypto? Because I know there's a high level of learning that you have to do. You did this high level of learning, and then you started a, a fund. So like yeah. you walk the audience through that journey of from intro to just learning about crypto to where you are now. Yeah, so I I was in in 2013. I was a freshman in college. So there, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a hot topic going on with like different marketplaces online, and Bitcoin was being used as a currency on these different marketplaces. So yeah, all the, the college kids, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're in crypto uh, prior to 2015, you're either the geekiest nerd of all time, or you were participating in some type of a marketplace. <laughs> And so, I happen to be on that side of the spectrum. Yeah. So um, that was my first experience with crypto. I bought Bitcoin in 13 for 130 bucks. I probably bought somewhere around like 100, 100 of them. Um, but I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't, wasn't, I obviously didn't hold on to them the whole time. I later sold them in 13 like, or I used them or, yeah. yeah. So like that was my first, um, like, and I confirmed that too, because I went through my email and Coinbase was like, welcome to Coinbase in 2013. Um, so, so yeah, anyways, uh, that was my first experience. And then I just like, in, I remember specifically in 15 and then in 16, I kept talking cause I was going to school to be a financial advisor and I kept talking to these other financial advisors. Like, why don't you guys consider Bitcoin, like buying some Bitcoin? And like, everyone was like, that's the dumbest thing ever. It's going to yep. zero, blah, blah, blah. So then I, I always just like have been naturally gravitated towards things that are un- unconventional and different and like the underdog and crypto had always been that it was obviously an alternative asset class. I wasn't even really considered an asset class. Not at that until, time, yeah. yeah. Until 17. And then I'm working for the largest bank in asset management and I see Bitcoin go from the previous all time high of 1100 to 20 grand. And then I see XRP and Bitcoin cash and yep. Cardano and, uh, Tron and all these other projects come out and I'm like, okay, what is this blockchain thing? Uh, like, what is this going to be a real asset class? And like, I knew it was going to be at that point. So when we headed into a bear market of 18, I kind of like relooked at my life and I was also going through a tough time where uh, I made a huge transition, um, with my life, ended up leaving the job, uh, ended up, uh, starting the first fund in 2019. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I've been, you know, professionally involved in crypto every day since 
since 19, but I was, I've been watching it every day since 17 and first got my feet wet at 13. Nice. Yeah. I, I got like, my experience was, uh, I believe the cash app in like 2018 or something like yeah. that when they first started dropping right. it. Yeah. And I was using like, and it was like all those, um, random uh crypto exchange sites looking all hella sketchy so I, yeah i was trying to figure it out um happy i end up figuring it out not back then but more of 2020 when i kind of went all in on crypto and it mm-hmm. has been a blessing yeah 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 so um i got a question too i'm kind of jumping around but crypto regulation is always a big conversation like, mm-hmm. do you feel that we need some crypto regulation so that way we can like people like Michael Saylor, you know, they're buying a Bitcoin and then Bitcoin moves the whole market. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about like crypto regulation of, I guess, the Fed and them kind of dipping their feet in and controlling Bitcoin and or stable coins or CBDCs? Like, you think that yeah. would help the market or maybe put us in a perpetual bear? Yeah, I think it's pretty important, and I'm not sure if uh, everyone listening to this uh, heard about the executive order that Biden had the other week. Um, it was actually a really bullish statement, in my opinion. He wants to he wants the United States to be the leader in blockchain and digital assets, but he also wants to limit the amount of uh, you know illicit activity that's happening, which is completely understandable. Yep. So overall, I thought it was a a really great thing to hear because it's not like, hey, we do not want blockchain and crypto like China, right? But it was like, hey, we actually want to be the leader here. So that's huge, really big deal. I think there's going to be a a lot of uh, volatility because of regulation over the next five years. And the, the difficult part is that um, all these regulatory agencies, especially like the SEC, they're having issues right now because they're trying to paint all these digital assets into a bucket of securities that, and these laws were are hundred years old and they're trying to paint this new asset class into that box of, of the old laws, which is not going to work. So now they're going to have to figure out, I think they're going to have to establish some digital asset laws and that's going to take time. And there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and there's going to be certain sectors within crypto, such as privacy coins, which are going to be heavily regulated because yep. they hide the identity of the user and allow you to evade taxes, which is exactly what the government does not want to happen. So there's going to be certain sectors that, at least as a professional, we are going to avoid because it presents a lot more risk. But the thing is, most people in crypto, they don't want regulation. I understand why yeah. it sounds great. I think it's actually absolutely necessary to have regulation Almost everyone in the industry really wants um, no a price appreciation. They're in they're in crypto yeah. because they you want to make money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So if you want yeah. to make money, okay, how do you make money? You make money from other people adding more capital into the markets. Who yep. has the most amount of money? Institutions, sovereign yep. wealth funds, Government. pensions, yeah. retirement accounts, all of that. If you want trillions and and i'm not just talking a trillion i'm talking tens of trillions hundreds of trillions to come in there has to be regulatory clarity so this is the first time in history where retail and the everyday person can front run these large institutions and and massive uh, amounts of capital that's about to come into the industry just a matter of time and that presents so much opportunity so i really think like people in crypto 
I understand the whole DeFi revolution. I completely agree with decentralization and uh, and you know the anti-establishment type of people. I think it's, yep. it's super important, but I do think there needs to be some regulation to some extent. Um, not you know regulating everything so it makes it impossible for anyone to invest in the asset class, yeah. but having some regulation so that uh, you know public companies and and retirement accounts and pensions and uh, you know all of that large amount of money can come into the asset class. Yes, yes, so definitely <clears throat> nice breakdown. And I hundred percent agree. Like we, I brought up Michael Saylor earlier, and he's one of the you know the main people I study in terms of like institutional investing and crypto. And then he's, you know, bringing out that blueprint. So I agree, man, like we need because we need all of that money in there so that we can, you know, get our proper moon going on. (laughs) I I would say. Yeah. All right. Um, So, man, we about to start closing out. Um, Can you I would say for someone entering this space, right, the crypto space, they got a nice bag and they want to invest it with an institutional fund. How would they do that? How would they connect with y'all? And what are, I guess, the requirements to even put our family bag with y'all so that you guys can basically invest for us? Yeah, so um, there's a few different, you know, it depends when you're watching this video, but we're consistently raising for crypto because we have a really strong desire to get as much capital and investors into this space as possible because we really believe it is the future. So um, if you are accredited investor, uh, you can just click some links in the description below. You can also go to boroncap.com and you can, you know, view some of the investments. We also have like a real estate fund and uh, about we have a really strong focus on cryptocurrency, obviously. And that's why I'm the CIO of our uh, crypto uh, funds now. So if you have a desire, you're accredited, you know, you don't want to worry about the volatility, the regulation, the 20,000 coins having to actively manage your, your portfolio, and you just want a financial statement sent to you every month, you want a dashboard you can view your returns on, and you want to just put it in the hands of, of uh, professionals, that's exactly why we're here. And uh, you can go to boroncap.com or go uh, to the links in the description below. Hey, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so again, uh, for the audience, as I close out, make sure y'all tap in with us on YouTube. This video will be out or y'all watching it right now. And then it will be on Apple, Spotify, and all the rest of the streaming services. And please tag us on Twitter and share and all that, whatnot. All right, Jeff, I appreciate you for tapping in. Let's chop it up a little bit after, and and we closing out. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, go. Passive income. Passive income, passive income, gold in my dental, thank God for my mental, investor fundamentals, told my girl it was simple, we getting all this money to purchase rentals and get passive income, passive income, passive income, gold in my dental, thank God for my mental, investor fundamentals, told my girl it was simple, we getting all this money to purchase rentals and get... Fee I replaced, had to have it, bank account, buy Algorand, large amounts.